Praise the living Jesus. Uh, can I have the mic, please? I just feel that I should get Pastor Dad to say a word before I kick off this morning. Uh, if, uh, if you have a, uh, not, I don't want to say if you have a word, but I believe you have a word in your spirit for this because I don't know. Uh, I don't this back. Come forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That's quite interesting. As we came into this place and um, we started to fellowship, and um, the word of the Lord came to me ever so strongly. And I'm not particularly like that, but I'll just say what, for thou art a burning light. Mm. Thou art a burning light. Amen. See it as so, for thou art a burning light. Amen. And light gives direction. Thou art a burning light, and through thee, many, many others will find the light. Amen. And so be strong and courageous. Walk the path. Do the work of an evangelist, and do that which the Lord God has put on thee. Speak the word in season and out of season, Amen. knowing that which has been committed to thee, and that is the only thing that is able to save and transform the lives of men. For thou at a burning light. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. Hallelujah. For this light will shine. Amen. For this burning light will go through all of Milton Kings and beyond. Amen. And we speak it forth today. And we Amen. give God praise. Because the testimony that will come from this particular assembly would be that indeed they are a burning light. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So that sounds like um, I'm a man of the spirit, right? So I knew something. He had something in the spirit, and then we got to receive it. Right. Uh, the messages that come from this platform are too special for you to get, not to get a very clear audio. So I'm going to use the, uh, the manual mic this morning so that you guys can enjoy the service. I can see people nodding their heads saying, you oh, know, the audio is better here. Fantastic. So don't feel confused. What mic is he using? He has one on his head. He's holding one. Which one is working? Which one is not working? Don't worry. Just pay attention to what I'm going to share with you guys this morning. Amen. I would like to say a big thank you to the church family. We're meeting in person today for the first time. Live here in Priory Rice, Milton Keynes. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been a journey uh, since we kicked off as a, as a church two years ago. Um, meeting online, but now we're coming in person. So uh, the the, uh, the neighbors will start our neighbors will start hearing from us short, um, very soon, uh, and we're hoping to, we're looking to to host uh, love, uh, you lovely people. If you are watching us online or you're coming across for the first time, I would like to say I would like to welcome again. If you're watching us, if you are connecting with us for the very first time, this is a Transformers Church. More details about us are on our website. Amen. All right. So once again, I want to thank the. My friend and his wife here, uh, Pastor Dario and his wife, you know, we've been friends for over 10 years now. And um, we thank God for the relationship. And um, these are the people I would say they've been part of my journey here in the UK. Amen. And even outside of the UK. Praise God. I would like to especially welcome Jasmine. You know, we met her over the weekend during the conference and we're happy to see her today. And we hope your experience today will be uh, an encouraging one to edify and strengthen you in the name of Jesus. Fantastic. Uh, let's have a short word of prayer, then I get into the word uh, we have today. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this opportunity to come together to fellowship with one another. And as we go into the world this morning, we pray in the name of Jesus that our eyes of understanding will be enlightened, that our eyes will be open, our ears will hear, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, that we have good understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. 
In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. Amen. Right, so last week, I started talking about the Holy Spirit as a comforter. The Holy Spirit as a comforter. The, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. Now, uh, someone may be asking, but God is one. Who is the Holy Spirit? So I'll put it this way. Say, the Holy Spirit is a manifestation of God in a spirit form. Right? Is a manifestation of God in a spirit in a spiritual form or in a spirit form. And I will also say that people then think, okay, what about Jesus? So I will tell you that Jesus is a manifestation of God in a human form. Amen. Jesus is a manifestation of God in a human form. Amen. So we will focus on the Holy Spirit in this service today. Now, uh, last week I described the Holy Spirit to us as a comforter according to the book of John chapter 14 verse 16. And we is a comforter with reference to the Amplified Bible. The, the, the comforter is also described as the counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. And we got into the counselor part last week. So for the sake of the guys who were not here last week, uh, there was a major question I asked people. I said, would do you go to seek um, counsel for psychological and personal issues? Because uh, one of the description or definition of a comforter is a counselor. So a counselor is, is kind of an expert, right? Who, okay, what I have in my uh, notes here is a person trained to give guidance on personal or psychological problems. So the Holy Spirit will not call him a trained person. We know that he's an expert in giving the best advice to you on personal or psychological issues. There's more to this. There's a more spiritual ramification to this. But as our custom is a Transformers Church, we want you to be able to live out a Christian life so that it's so practical to you. Hence, I bring in some dictionary definition and connect the Bible definition with some dictionary definition, remove the bad stuff, and give you the good stuff. Amen. So a counselor is a person trained, but Holy Spirit, we know that the Spirit of God you know, who created you, who knows you inside out. Amen. Right. So I called out a few places that people go to for counseling, for advice. Number one, Google. So I called out the fact that many people go to Google for advice, and I called out the, the flaws of Google because in those when you do a Google search, you have um, pages, um, internet pages returned to you. I mean, yeah, let me put it that way. And each of those pages, each of each of those websites, someone conduct, someone wrote them, someone created them. So what they put in there is their thought, their imagination, what they think. So Google is not a god or is not a medical doctor, right? So bear in mind, each time you go on the internet, someone is talking to you, right? So we looked at other sources that people go to, prophets, pastors, bishops, and I try to call a few issues with that. I call that also parents, you know, so please avail yourself to the message from last week to get better understanding from that. Amen. Fantastic. So let's carry on from there today. So another definition or description of the Holy Spirit as a comforter is a helper. So who is a helper? Let's look at the dictionary. It says, if someone, uh, a helper makes it easier or possible for someone to do something. Makes, you know, and a helper makes it easier or possible for someone to do something 
by offering one's services or resources. So when a believer thinks they are helpless, that they cannot do something, it means that they are not looking up to the Holy Ghost to help them, to give them counsel, to give them step. Bear in mind, an helper does not do the work for you. You got to know what you need to do. Then he helps you provide services, provide support to help you accomplish that work. So many Christians today are paralyzed in the sense that they are not stepping into what God has called them to do because they are waiting, the Holy Spirit, waiting on the Holy Spirit to help them. But what they're actually waiting on the Holy Spirit to do is to push them to do the job or do it. In the last, yesterday and over the weekend, we've been talking about the fact that you have a soul and your soul is, your, is a combination of your mind, your will, your emotions. Your will is what propels you to take an action. So except you are willing to take the step or take the step, the Holy Spirit cannot support you, give you the support, the assistance you need to get the job done. So who does the moving first? You do the moving first. Then he guides you, he directs you, he strengthens you, he helps you. Amen. On that definition of, on that description of a comforter is an advocate. So here it says, a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy. policy. So cause, yeah, that is spelled C-A-U-S-E. Uh, it's also described as a defender of the cause. Now what cause is the Holy Spirit defending? Is defending the cause of Christ, the cause of the gospel. He's telling you that the, what the gospel says about you is what is correct. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own authority, but it will take of his own. It will take revelation and insight of Jesus and make it known to you. Amen? So, Holy Spirit as an advocate will, you know, will, will stand and defend and recommend uh, the cause of Jesus to you, what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. He's not going to give you a negative counsel. So this is where believers need to learn to know the Bible for themselves. Because you hear all manner of voices. So what will help you to differentiate the voice of the Holy Spirit from your voice or from, from the voice of the second cousin of Satan when they appear to you in human form is your familiarity with the word of God. Now, how many people, how many people here will agree with me that if they don't if you don't know your mother's voice, you can't tell if she's speaking. You, okay, so let's put it this way. Because it kind of sounds weird, but let me, try to, let me try to explain it. So how many of you know can recognize your mom's voice? So and if five women were speaking, can you pick your mom's voice among the five women speaking? So which means that if you don't know your mom's voice, if you don't know what it sounds like, you cannot tell if, she, if she's among a few women speaking. So as someone who have never met their mom for one reason or the other, they may be walking past her, hearing her every day, but because they've not recognized her or know her as their mother when she speaks, they will not know. So which means you need to know what God's words sound like, what it says about you. So when we, talk, when we tell believers to read the Bible, right, uh, we are not giving them a religious right to practice. Because when I was growing up, the mindset that was 
taught me was, if you don't read your Bible, God will not bless you. If you don't read your Bible, you know, God will not be happy with you. So the Bible is read from the point of, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Bible, I was reading my Bible from the point of, you know, I want to make God happy. Friends, can I say to you, when you read your Bible, when you pray, you do them for your own good. Now, prayer is communing with the Father, talking to God. And in the course of prayer, you start getting more familiar with the voice of God, how he speaks to your heart. So if you don't give yourself to praying, to studying the word, you cannot know exactly what God sounds like. And that is why when we find ourselves in chaotic situations, you know, when God is speaking to us, thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, okay, okay. okay. The Holy Spirit just keeps bringing a lot more stuff in my mind. When people find themselves in a chaotic situation, you know, and God is speaking to them, they, they can't recognize God's voice because they are not familiar with it. So what the Holy Spirit just told me was that many people say, God is silent. Okay, uh, as you guys know that I have a drama career, so I might do some acting this morning for you guys to, to bless you and entertain you. Amen, so be blessed. <laughs> so I've seen preachers say things like, and it's, all, it's a lot of them on, 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 on YouTube. You hear things like, when God is silent, you know, there is a season. So please, if you are coming in, I'm not saying when God is silent, I'm, this is drama class, right? So please watch this true. So you hear things like, you know, there's a season in your life where God is silent. And you think God has deserted you. But I'm saying to you that God is testing you. God is taking you. Rubbish. Utter nonsense. Why on earth will your father not want to speak to you and help you out in, this, in a chaotic situation? Most of the time when we are going through some turbulence times and trials times, the reason why it may sound like we're not hearing God's voice is because our mind is all over the place. God is a God of peace. So we have to learn to calm the raging thought in our mind so that we can clearly hear the Father. Amen. So I'll say to you with all authority that God is never quiet when it comes to helping you in any situation. You see, all those nonsense about wilderness experience, they're utter nonsense. One of the expressions of wilderness experience is you're going through the situation in your life and God just chooses to quiet and just watches you. Lord Jesus, help me to be myself this morning. God is watching you because he wants to teach you a lesson. They are nonsense. You know, many, many of the times... People have technically said that they are better parents to their children than God is a parent to them. It's a height of disrespect. And most of the time, when, you are, when, people, are, when people say they are not hearing God, right? perhaps they are looking for to hear your voice. What about the one that he has spoken to you? Jesus said, the word I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. And the word I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. And where is his word? In your Bible. So if you want to get, if you want to hear God, get, go get your Bible to find the scriptures, those verses that address the areas that you're struggling. You hear God. Amen. I wasn't trying to be mean. I was trying to be very nice. And I thought I was, and I believe I was, I'm very nice. Amen. So. Now, so um, an advocate, the Holy Spirit will advocate, will support, will recommend the ministry 
of Jesus to you. So whatever situation you are going through, what the Holy Spirit will recommend to you is what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, the provisions of Christ for you in that situation. It will not recommend Google to you. It will not recommend the ministry of somebody, a palm reader or something to you. So if you are in a challenging situation and what you keep hearing is to go to a particular prophet to speak over your life, you did not hear the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So if you are a child of God, you will definitely be led by the Spirit of God. And what would the Holy Spirit recommend to you? What would he advocate as a comforter? The ministry of Jesus. What God has done for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, uh, part of what I have is that he explains to us, this is the Holy Spirit as an advocate, he explains to us the nature and importance of the redemptive work of God in Christ Jesus. He helps you to understand the significance of what it means to be a child of God. He explains to you your identity in Christ Jesus. He shows you who you are in Christ Jesus. He energizes you. He encourages you. He builds you up. Amen. Now, so it shows the necessity of Christ in your life. The necessity of the gospel in your life. It counsels you. Now, this is in correlation with what I just said uh, a few seconds ago. Now, the Holy Spirit will counsel you to receive who God says you are. It will not tell you otherwise. So when you are hearing different voices where one says that you are the blessed of God, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And one is saying, you know, let's be realistic. You know, this cannot happen. It doesn't happen this way. That's not the voice of God. So let me repeat this. If you are not familiar with the voice of God, as is in his word, as it speaks to your heart, in any challenging situation, on any confusing situation, you would definitely not be able to know him uh, or receive the counsel is given to you. So I want to repeat, studying the Bible, praying the Spirit is not uh, a chore and is not even an obligation in a sense. It is what you should do. It's what builds you up. Amen. And one other thing that I want to add to this is that the advocate the Holy Spirit, it will encourage you to hold on to what is showing you in the word of God or what God has told you. So, being a Nigerian, I've been around, uh, you know, I've seen all kind of Christianity, right? The, the, the herbalistic Christianity, you know, you know, the one that will go to a prophet to give you something, a, a soap to bathe so that a miracle can happen in your life and all manner of stuff. And they call the name of Jesus, but I'm very sure that Jesus they are calling is not Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let me give you one expo here. Expo is um, a hint about cheat sheet, right? In, in, in English, in English, expo is in Nigeria. The thing is this. There's, there are many Jesuses in the world. Joshua, Jesus simply means savior. So that name Joshua means Jesus. Right, Jesus also means Joshua. The thing is this: yeah, there's a difference between all the Jesuses you've heard of and the Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is a son of God, anointed by God. 
is the one who came to die for you. So when you hear a music or your pastor says the name of Jesus, you got to be careful to find out what, which Jesus is he calling. Because they may have another Jesus they are calling, but not the Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I feel in my heart to say this to you guys. Because many people have been deceived because they hear the name Jesus in the mouth of a pastor. You know, sometimes I like to do some tests. Bring four of those pastors, if you know them, bring them to me. And let's stand side by side. And let's all, let four, the five of us, bring four of them, so five of us, let's address a situation in the name of Jesus and watch how the situation responds to, to my command I suppose, uh, compared to theirs. I've done a similar test. So I know people who pray for five hours, you know, die, 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 die. And sometimes they are spending five hours praying to get rid of a demon. And the same situation these guys are dealing with. On, my, on one of my most tired days, I step in and look at the situation. I say, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. With no opposition or questioning, the demon leaves. I have not prayed for five hours. The difference between myself and these people is that I know the Christ who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Not in my head, not in my mind. I know him in my heart. I know he dwells in me. Amen. So the fact that you hear some people call Jesus or some gospel music, music in quotes mention Jesus does not mean their gospel does not mean they know Christ. So still taking it back to that fact, if you do not know Jesus, if you do not know God, if you do not know how to fellowship with him, you cannot recognize his voice. Forget it. What does it forget it? Anybody can deceive you. Making reference to the churches I've been to in Nigeria, and I'm trying to put down church. I'm trying to say that not all that looks like a church is a church. I've been invited to a number of meetings in the past few weeks where people are talking about church hot control, abuse, manipulation, oppression, and all kind of stuff. You know, one lady was literally on my case and some other pastors who were attending a particular meeting about two weeks ago now. And I had to help people understand. The fact that somebody called themselves a pastor does not mean they are a pastor. And that's why I said to my family, we are not sharing any news or commenting on some evil practice that we see of some pastors. Anyone can stand tomorrow, can start a church, can just call it a name and do anything. So if you follow me carefully, you realize that it's still coming back to this point that do you know the God you believe? Do you know Christ? Because even in the Bible, we have several accounts of people who disguise themselves as Christians, as believers. And Paul said, these guys are not, they're not part of us because if they were, from the onset, they were not even part of us. So these guys always, they go into Christian settings, believers, and they try to introduce a law, regulations, performance-based Christianity to people, to put people in bondage to control them. If one of such is, is eyeing the Transformers Church, you're gonna have, you will have a great time when you get here. Amen. You will have a great time. One of them has joined us online. So this, I'm not, I'm not rude, but allow me to use a word. So this idiot joined us online, and he said that, you know why I call him an idiot now, an idiot now. And he said that, oh, somebody just felt, oh, if it's a pastor, how will he say that? I'll repeat, he's an idiot. Well, listen to what he said, then you can tell whether he's an idiot or not. 
So we had a conversation we had on a Zoom call during the week, and he said he believes that from his own perspective, if a pastor is not, is not doing a good job, he has a right to take his sheep away. So he has a right to come to a church and um, damage the reputation of a pastor, call out everything negative about a pastor, and get the people out of a church. I was so nice on those calls, on, on that call, my, my, my the church family was there. You know, and I took him straight to the word of God, and that was the last time I hear of him. He will never return, except he's repented. Even if I see, if I see him on, on Zoom call, I said they should not admit him. Amen. Now, this guy is a guy that would talk. This is where I'm going. This guy is a guy that can quote scriptures, but because I know the word of God for myself, most of the scriptures he quotes and what he says, they do not make any sense. They do not add up. They do not communicate or join. We, I mean, align with what we're talking about. It's always out of context. But a young lady, because the guy is single, I believe, a young lady who is easily carried away or swayed by uh, charisma would think that guy is a very spiritual. No. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is an advocate. He will instruct you. He will guide you. He will recommend the ministry of Christ to you. He will explain it to you. encourage you to receive, you, receive it. He won't tell you to go out and go and look for something that is not lost. Amen. So we also said the Holy Spirit as a comforter is a strengthener. You know, he helps us to, to be able to withstand force or pressure. I love how Andromach deals with all the, I mean, deals with it. He has, a, I think, a four or six part series on the Holy Spirit, the, ministry, the positive ministry of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things he said is that um, he's come across many pastors who are kind of burning out. And what he figured out is the fact that they are trying to run the ministry with their human strength. Many of them don't even pray in the spirit. I will cover that in a few coming weeks. And we say to them that, guy, you know, all you need to do is just to spend some time praying in the spirit and you will be energized, strengthened from the inside to do what you ought to do. I will tell you the spiritual journey, the Christian journey cannot be run walked successfully with human strength. Because you have invisible forces that are standing against you. 24-7. Is your ministry? Is your assignment? If demonic and satanic forces don't oppose you, they don't know their job description. Likewise, you have to ensure that you build your strength so well that you're so strong in your spirit that when they bounce, when they, when they hit you, it bounce back. When I, what I mean is this. When they come against you with a thought, with a pressure, you know, they realize that they, there's so much counter-pressure on the inside of you the power of the Holy Ghost, the strength of the Holy Ghost, the knowledge of who you are in Christ Jesus. Not in your mind, not in your mind, not paying mental accent to it, but knowing it. So one thing is this, you cannot fake a Christian life. You can't try to make people think you are what you are not. Or you carry what you don't carry. It's, no, 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 you, you can't fake it. So coming to church on Sunday, or going to church on Sunday, because I don't have such people in our church, going to church on Sunday to look nice in front of your pastor and to make, you, make your pastor think you're a spiritual person, he will, will not help you. Because you are not supposed to come to put on the facade. You are supposed to come with the real stuff because there's work for you to do in the church. There are things I talk about here, I share with people on this platform, that... Some people may get a better understanding of it as the people have a communication that speak to one another. Amen. 
Fantastic. So let me uh, move kind of quickly. So finally, the Holy Spirit is a standby. Now, standby there means readiness for duty or immediate deployment. I love that one. Readiness for duty or immediate deployment. As you can tell, I'm about to jump, but I'll be myself. Amen. If there's any situation in your life that is mounting pressure on you, don't think of praying and fasting for so long for God to step in and hoping God will step in. The moment you can switch your mind to who you are in Christ Jesus and speak to the Holy Spirit, he steps in immediately. I was, I, not that I was listening, Spotify played a song this morning. Uh, the song says, not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. Let your spirit come. I said, I don't understand. Which spirit are you talking about? And what I had for, what, <laughs> I think the song played for like four minutes there about. And each and every time he keeps singing, let your spirit come. Which kind of spirit? Because the Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 1 uh, that, no, Acts 2. Now, when Peter was speaking to the other guys watching them when on the day, on the day of Pentecost, he says, this spirit, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost that you see by the evidence of speaking in tongues, was what was prophesied by Joel. And Jesus said, the Holy Ghost will be with you and abide with you forever. So the Holy Spirit is 24-7 with you. So praying the Holy Spirit will come is just not to be thinking correctly with all due respect. So if you have that song in your house, you may want to change the lyrics, but you may want to get rid of it because of your kids and your friends. Because when I, went, when I got into the bathroom, that's what I was thinking. I said, no, 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 no. There's, your spirit is not coming. Your spirit dwells inside of me. So my wife had to help me a little bit and she changed the lyrics until I flushed that song out of my system. The Holy Spirit is standby. He's there 24-7. Even because of our time, I will demonstrate it to you right now. I will pray in the Spirit. Okay, let me help you a little bit. I call Pastor Dio out. I said, you have a word in your spirit. Does it need to go and pray to help them? I mean, what Dio, I think what you have done is that you start, let's just start praying. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, speak to me. No, he's there. He's spoken to him before. He will remind him. He's here with me. I'm tempted, but I, I, will not, I will not go into it. I will manifest the presence of Holy Ghost that is here. I don't need to pray for the Holy Ghost to come because it's here inside of me. It's here with me. In us. I like you, you to claim your own. Amen. So he's always ready to respond to your call. Let me take you a few steps back. Until or except you are very, very conversant and familiar with the operations of the Holy Spirit and how he speaks to you, when he's deployed, when he steps in, you can't recognize it. You may still be expecting a soap or anointing oil somewhere. Lord Jesus, anointing oil, yes. I'll say to you, anointing oil is not Jesus or God or the God's power in the bottle. It's an insult on, on the spirit of God to say, oh Lord, how do you get it? Okay, I get to explain because I've touched on it. Is an, is, is an, okay, I, I, okay, let me try to make it um, easier a little bit so that people don't go, I don't see riot uh, outside the building. Now, you, because I may step out and see a lot of Christians attacking me and telling me that you said it's an insult on God's personality for, for us to think his power is in, is in the oil. Okay. The Bible tells us, even in the book of James, that 
when you anoint someone who is sick, that is a prayer of faith that heals the sick, James chapter 5, is not the oil. If you understand the Jewish culture at that point in time, the reason why they are, one of the reasons why they are anoint oil is to produce a kind of soothing relief for the person being ministered to. So they anoint the person to calm them. It's kind of aromatic, you know, as you get have massage. But so there are two things there. So they minister to the person's body in a sense. At the same time, what do they do? They pray for the person. But even when Peter prayed for the guy who was born lame, what did he do? He prayed for the guy and he held him and supported him to stand up. So sometimes taking paracetamol is not, is not, is not, um, is not wrong after somebody pray for you. Because after you, well, you are prayed for, for healing, sometimes it takes a while for your body to catch up. For, for, so some, sometimes you need to get some medication, uh, vitamins, everything to help your body come back to normal. So it's not a crime. Amen. It's just wisdom. I get it. So the anointing oil is not... Okay, to balance it for people, God will always step in to meet people at a point of need. I mean, at a point of... Uh, level of maturity in the Christian faith. But even as I'm saying that I'm struggling because there's more to it and I'm struggling with I'm looking at time. But I'm saying to you that what heals is the power of God, not an oil, not the oil. You know, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes one day because I used to be part of a church where we have anointing for this, anointing for expert, anointing for breakfast, anointing for marital expert, anointing for everything just anointing and we just keep buying oil. You know, the church was making good money, yeah? And if you don't if you don't come in with the bottle of oil. So one day I have several bottles on the shelf. And he asked me, he said, so what happened? He said, with the power in this bottle, when will it expire? I said, I don't know. He said, so when that oil finishes, is the power finished? I said, I don't know. Okay. And I felt like a point. He said, can I put the power in this oil and pour it into this one and make it? I started looking like a fool. And I'm sure he was having a laugh. And that was the end of my ministry of anointing oil. Because it made no sense. So does that mean that when the oil expires, the power of God expires? I don't understand. I've seen some most ridiculous things in my life. People with chatter bottles of anointing oil. I'm about to make fun of someone. They will not like me if they hear this message. So I was trying to help their child process a visa. Uh, from Nigeria. So I, I completed the form and everything else and posted it to them in Nigeria. So it turned out that there was a form missing in the document sent to Nigeria. So I said, you know what, we need to resend. So someone sent the form for us, took it to Nigeria for us. And I said to him, I said, you know what, Home Office has up updated the uh, application form and there's a new version. They need to use this new version and not the old one. And she just went ballistic. I said, why? What happened? He said, I have anointed that form that went. Now we want to send another one. Okay, I sent another one. Okay, sorry. So the one that was sent by post was the anointed one. But I told them to go download the new version on the internet. Thank you. Yeah, now I can remember. So the one downloaded, the form downloaded on the internet uh, is not anointed, right? So she was frustrated. But the lady got the visa. With no anointing. Because when people are so focused on an oil, they remove their faith from the power of God on the inside of them. 
So what happens when there's no oil? What happens that... People have gone gaga on this matter. You give a bottle of anointing oil to a child. No, no. You give a bottle of oil called anointing oil, goya oil, olive oil. You give it to a child to take it to the father. On the way, he or she tripped. The bottle fell. It was a glass bottle and it broke. And the mother went ballistic. Why? Because the power of God is not spilled on the floor. It does not make any sense. So what if your anointing oil was confiscated on the plane? You were not allowed to carry it in. What happens? The power of God has, you know, has left. You didn't go carry We've been deceived. We give me more time. I will, I will trust that ministry of anointing oil. Okay, let me give you one. So there's this lady, she said, she was very sick and she poured oil. She said, I was drenching myself in anointing oil every day. Nothing happened. Until the day she chose to believe the word of God. But the sad thing was that she did not realize that the end result she got was because she, she held on to the word of God. So when, when she was recounting her experience, she was so much holding on to the anointing oil. I'm like, did you, did you listen to yourself? Amen. So what I've simply tried to say to you guys, the Holy Spirit will advocate from the ministry of Jesus, not the anointing oil. Amen. So the, the anointing oil industry in some African countries, serving churches, yeah, you can have a conversation with me, but I will not change my message. Praise God. Right. So finally, uh, the Holy Spirit is ever ready and willing to help. He does not doze off or keep us on the waiting list or discuss our wrong with us before he steps into, a, into, into our situation to help us. So he's not going to be negotiating with you, telling all manner of stuff. You know. If you need help, he steps in. Even in the wrong things you do, when you realize that you've been doing it wrong and you need help to overcome those behavior, those addictions, problems, he's not going to condemn you. He will step in. He's your helper. So people will say they cannot deal, they don't want to deal with the Holy Spirit because they are not holy enough to deal with him, to speak to him. But he's there to help you become holy exteriorly because inwardly, spiritually, you are holy. So if you want to live a holy life, avoiding the Holy Spirit will not help you. It's the Holy Spirit who can help you to, 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 to live out the holy life on your spirit. So if anybody told you that because you are you 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 have some Moral issues, some health issues, some challenges that you are not qualified to, to have to receive the Holy Ghost. They are lying to you because it's the Holy Spirit, it's the power of the Holy Ghost that will help you to live a holy life. So if you have been running away from the Holy Ghost for a long time, it's time to begin to speak to him because he's there with you. Amen. Finally, so that we can wrap up this one, let's turn our Bibles to the book of John chapter 16 verse 5. So I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, Jesus speaking here says, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to, to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he, when he has come... It will convict the world of sin. So convict here, for me, in just plain language, I would say, 
it will prove to the world that it's the world unsaved people that they are sinning, that they are sinners. Because many sinners, and when I say sinners, yeah, I'm not talking about people who sin because of their actions, but I'm talking about unsaved people. Many people who are not saved will call themselves holy, righteous. Uh, they, will call, they, 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 many of them think they do not need Christ because they are good people. The Holy Spirit would tell them that guy, it will show you all your flow, tell you, yeah, you are a sinner, you need, you need help. So the, whole, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to help people who think they don't need Christ to see the need for Christ. Amen. So the Holy Spirit, because when you hear things like convict, many Christians think condemnation, telling me I'm not good enough, I am terrible, making me guilty. And I hear this from thousands of Christians in my entire life of working on the internet when I meet them face to face. You know, you, know, you hear things like, and the Holy Spirit was convicting me, was telling me, you know, was, and I felt so bad. It made me feel, the Holy Spirit made me feel so bad. If somebody is making you feel so bad about a situation, how will you improve in that, in that situation? They can show you that what you've done is not right and encourage you to go in the right way, right? But they will not condemn you, tell you you are not good for anything, beat you down. Do you know depression, uh, depression, sorry, condemnation causes depression? Amen. And Jesus said he did not come to, even, Jesus even said he came not to condemn the world, not believers. He said, I did not come to condemn the world, to tell the world that they are good for nothing, that they are not fit for use. I came so that the world, not believers, might be saved. So if Jesus will not even condemn the world, so why would you think the Holy Spirit sent by Jesus to help you will condemn you? It makes no sense. Amen. Verse 8. Uh, where does it Okay. Uh, okay verse eight. And when it has come, it will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of, judge and of judgment. Now, listen to this. Now, it will convict the world of sin. This is me rephrasing it. Verse 9. Because they do not believe in me. Believers go out there and tell people of the world, you are sinners, you this, you this. That's not, that is not even the ministry of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost does not focus on people's action, though their action matters a lot because it, 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 people's ungodly actions hurt them, hurt them and hurt people. But we know, you know, as members of um, the Ghost family, that say, actions is an offshoot of the real issue in the heart of people. So if you want to deal with people, you deal with their heart, not with their actions. Because people can modify their actions to make you look. Okay, I'll put it this way. Even when you have lazy staff in the workplace, when the boss is around, they can act busy, look busy. So when bosses during the lockdown are complaining that you know, people are not doing their job, blah, 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 they want people in the office. I said to them, I, I, I had issues with it. Okay, because... I'm praying that you guys get an example in the context of this. So in business environments whereby you can give people targets and to deliver a certain deadline, you don't need those guys to be in the office. You can ask them to come into the office to bond, but you don't need them in the office. Because if you can give people's deadlines, targets to deliver, and you're saying that you want them to be in the office so that you can see what they're doing, you're wasting your time. Because what they will do is they will just act busy. And once you step out, everybody is gyrating. 
Amen. So, but if you want somebody to be hardworking, you don't try to force them to look busy. You inspire them. You give them goals, target. You train them. You deal with the heart. You deal with their mindset, how they think. So likewise, in the body of Christ, in spiritual terms, what do we focus on? We should focus on people's heart. So the Holy Ghost comes to help the world to see that they need Christ. Because when the sin nature is dealt with, as a result of believing in Christ Jesus and becoming born again, the actions will be fixed along the line. I've seen people give their life to Christ. Which attitude and actions, bad actions change because they, not, they have a new identity and they are working to become who they believe they should be in Christ Jesus or who they are in Christ Jesus. And many children are now are rebellious to their parents. They don't want to have anything to do with God because their parents have focused so much of their behavior and action. They were trying to prime them to act, to look godly, to act godly, to act holy. So these kids, they, not, they don't have any relationship with the father. But if a parent will, will encourage a child, will, will influence a child to get to know Christ for themselves, forget about actions because children can look holy and righteous at home, but there's something else in school. Amen. Maybe I should hold the parenting session on that one. So uh, let me quit. let's run through this beginning to shut down. Now, 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 verse 10 says, Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of the world, the ruler of this world is judged. And he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will speak. He will not speak of, on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Let me shut it down here. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. I've covered a few things last week and today as well. And I'm showing you the Holy Spirit does not condemn you. He does not tell you you are good for nothing. He does not call, call out your flaws. Rather, it draws your attention to where you are in Christ Jesus. It draws your attention to the great and amazing things that God has done for you in Christ Jesus. Because it is in seeing who you are in Christ and embracing it, that your life is transformed, that you change, that you become it. And I also want to encourage us to, as believers, that we should not focus on people's flaws and shortcomings and keep calling it out, drawing their attention to it. Right? We should focus and help people see what they are able to become. Challenge them, encourage them in love in, in that. Amen. Let's pray.